Previously on Analysis Complete. I'm trying to figure out if there's any link to why we left and the others didn't. My advice to you, you should stop thinking about it and we should start trying to get the fuck off this planet. I do happen to know the last known whereabouts of Cass, if that's of any interest to you. You do. For those in favor of finding out what happened to our crew members, raise your hand. Caster, Dr. Freya Locke. Rook and George Asper all raise their hands. All right, children, let's go. Your bioscanner goes off, and whatever it is is on the other side of this wall. I'll go check it out. You see a large flesh-colored heap pulsating and shuddering, and it looks like it's crawling. I go, I go to the hair? Inside, you see the face of Cassidy Garland. Dr. Freya Locke pushes away some of these rolls of loose skin and fat to discover the the head attached to this monstrosity to be that of Cassidy Garland, a crew member of the Belissa. Dr. Freya Locke, I need you to make a save. Which one? Uh, this is a good question. One of each. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All of them. In order. <laughs> so I've been debating this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have a little control. Mm-hmm. Is this something that would affect Dr. Freya's sanity? Her ability to comprehend why Cassidy Garland is now the size of a megavan? Or are you... Just fucking terrified in general. Which uh, okay. one would come most naturally? Um, I think. I'm starting to like David's I think it idea would... of just do both. <laughs> I'll just go in order and see. Like, Start okay, with one. So... We'll do the but other. But if I save on one, then I don't have to make the others. And then we'll throw a panic on top. Mm. No, you tell me. You tell me. Fear or sanity? Fear. Fear. I think, I think there's a, an ability of hers to kind of switch on the scientist and start to try and solve the mystery Okay, that doesn't make her go into, Oh my gosh, how could this happen? Um, but there is a fear of if this happened to Cass, I, it might happen to any of us. Yeah. And so, so your eyes connecting, staring into these bloodshot eyes of what used to be this angelic sweet woman. Make your fear safe. <sighs> what what number are we trying to get under, Gail? Oh, I'm so close. Oh, I was no. trying to get under a 30, and I got a 37. And the 37 it is, you're going to take another stress. Okay. Where are we at now? Uh, eight. So, failing that save, you mm-hmm. recoil. Mm-hmm. 
from this creature, Mm -hmm. from Cassidy Garland. Mm -hmm. You pull back, and as you're walking backwards, stumbling, unable to even get words out, you back directly into George Asper, who is solid. Do you know who that is? And he puts his hand on your shoulder, and he says, we have to help her. I get my med scanner out. You go forward with your med scanner, stealing yourself with George Asper behind you. And while it's scanning, I whisper to Cass. Cass, it's it's me. It's Dr. Freya Locke. Um, I need... Can you talk to me? Can you tell me what happened? What... What, what, is, what has happened? When you ask that, you get these almost unintelligible sobs. Just a convulsion of emotion. Your med scanner scanning a piece of her flesh. What kind of data are you trying to find from this med scanner? I'm trying to find, is she, is is this some sort of crazy, you know, cancerous growth? Is this, is she covered in something like that she can be removed from? Is um, you know, yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. As this is going on, the med scanner gives you back this information that her cellular regeneration is happening at an accelerated rate. However, the med scanner seems to be a little confused. How's it confused? Because it's not really sure what it is you're scanning. It's not coming up exactly human. Okay. Hey, docs. You've been up there for some time. You get swallowed up or what? Uh, we're assessing this situation. What's there to assess? It's a fat fucking jello thing. Just get the fuck back over here. I'm ignoring him now. Um, uh, and I just kind of go about and I go, Cass, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We don't remember anything. You have to talk to me. I, I actually take out my the tools I use to take care of Rook. I'm looking for a scalpel. The fact that this says that her cellular regeneration is accelerated. Um, I, I, um, I, I want to actually, I'm going to actually cut some of the loose skin to see one, how much does she feel Two, does it look like it heals and at what, what speed? You cut away a piece of her flesh and she doesn't seem to notice and you recognize that there are a lot of wounds as she's Mm -hmm. been seemingly crawling across this rocky terrain she doesn't seem to notice does it bleed it does does. heal and you said that there was like a a, a, like a, a slug trail yeah off into the distance of what kind of liquid like a pearly white mucus trail Oh my gosh. So no, okay. Um, uh, gosh, 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 gosh. Um, so the, the, the flesh I took away, does it appear to be just flesh underneath? Like just more flesh? Yeah. More skin kind of. Yeah. Where her hands were, are they disproportionately far away from... Where her Her head is, yeah. There's like one up at the at the top. The only one that you've seen is like towards the top in the middle. Okay. And as you're just kind of trying to wrap your head around what it is, George Asper puts his hand on your shoulder again, 
He's standing over you, over your shoulder, and you hear him say, It's okay. It's going to be okay. Why do you think that? She's not the one we're looking for. What are you talking about? We're looking for everybody. I don't think this is our friend. All right, Caster. They've been taking forever now. Help me up. Come on. I got you up next. Why, of course. Huh! They boost you up, Rook. I, uh, land a hand down to pick up Caster. Caster is really fucking heavy. Because <laughs> he's made of metal. And, uh, actually it doesn't really need your help, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I can climb. Yeah. Seeing them at the top, I kind of stand in front of where the hair was so that that's harder to see. And I say to George, do you think this is something trying to copy Cass? When you turn around to George, in between you, in his hand, is the revolver resting in his palm. And he says to you, do what needs to be done. He can't see her like this. Hey, Docs, if it's not aggressive, it's probably just some sort of, like, fungus or whatever, you know? Yeah, I took some samples. Um, Great. Great. We're coming up. Uh, George, you go on. Uh, you all climb back down. I'll, I'll be there in a second. Let me get one more sample. And I'm coming. Cassie, I gotta tell you, this thing, fucking ugly. You know, I, I wouldn't put my... It doesn't matter. It's not the most attractive thing, and I've been with a lot of unattractive things. Can you see that from that from that from that far away, Kesta? Can you see that? Can you do like a little zoom in on that? <laughs> Get every little like little pore, every little pixel. You know what I mean? My eyes aren't exactly binoculars. I believe you've seen too many <laughs> sci-fi movies, but my it is quite large. I mean, I'm resting pretty up here. You want to see? As I go ahead and take out the binoculars that I, I got from the from the ship. All right, first one's up. Take a look. Uh, as I hand cast the binoculars. Why, okay, thank you. Caster, you get these binoculars. Gail, the question is, do you take the gun? Yes. George Asper starts to walk away from you. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's one. You turn your back. Caster, you're seeing George Asper walking away from Dr. Freylock. Dr. Freylock, what do you do? I um, put the, uh, the barrel of the gun actually right to the part of where her neck would be, and I'm probably actually going through some folds to get in there. I'm going for the reptilian brain. I want to shut her down fast. Okay. And I uh, squeeze the trigger. It's muffled, but you all hear a pop. Caster, you clearly saw Dr. Freya Locke shoot this creature through your binoculars. It seems Dr. Locke found it prudent to put the creature out of its misery. Hey, 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 what the fuck?! That's precious ammo! And I'm going to go just start scrambling down the spine to meet up with Dr. Locke. Uh, I'm already pumping the shotgun as I'm not sure if this, um, whatever it is, is dead. Yeah. I can't see it from that distance. I, I'm, I'm assuming the yeah. words, so I'm running over. You slide down the wall. Gail, you feel Cassidy Garland shudder, convulse, and start to die. Rook, you run forward with your shotgun priming the last shell running past a very calm and collected George Asper. On the other side of the wall, you hear Melanie Devantes, who stayed behind. What the fuck is happening right now? And Dr. Freylock, you turn away from Cassidy Garland and you see Rook running very intently. I lay the gun down on the ground and actually it's again still keeping myself in between his sight and Cass's hair, which is what cued me into 
looking closer, I, I take off my bag and I get out a petri dish and a sample dish and put the piece of flesh that I had cut away in it and start putting it back in my bag, looking like I'm just getting ready to go. Rook, you come up on that scene. Seeing Dr. Locke drop that revolver. Um, I'm laying it down. I'm laying it down. <laughs> I'm going to come in, like, you know, having the, the, the butt of the shotgun kind of bracing against my shoulder, ready to shoot. And as I come in, I, I notice that Dr. Locke put it down. Doc, what the fuck? You kill it? Yes. Was it trying to attack you? No, but it's, um, strangely, the med scanner could tell that it was um, dying. Uh, cancer. It could do that. So, Dr. Asper suggested that we put it down. Um, I apologize. You're right. I should have. There are other ways I could have put it down without using a bullet. I won't do that again if the occasion calls for it. So, you please take the gun. I'm obviously not. Why? Hold on. Ready for it. Hold on, Doc. I gave Dr. Asper the, the revolver. How come you had it? He handed it to me. He didn't want to put it down. Why? He's just not used to that. I am. As a biologist, I've had to put several animals down. I don't think you put animals down with guns. No, I don't. You might taking two steps to your left there, hon. Sure, why? I start to take a step, but don't quite move until he answers. For your safety of the group, I would really like to see what you just put down right now. Oh, okay. I thought you had a pretty good view. And I move. What do I see? You see the, the creature that you'd seen before. However, now that you're closer, you see this indention in the center of it, like a large belly button and some hair is lightly sticking out of this hole and there is now a river of blood running out of it to the ground underneath it would rook recognize this as cassidy garland the hair looks familiar the hair would perhaps spark a memory but the face you can't see her face unless you go to the hole to the hole yeah okay God damn, Dr. Locke, you did quite a number on this thing. It's just one shot. As I go ahead and try to... You know, I just want to see something. What the fuck is this? It's fucking like it's bristles? Or something like a whale? It's like whale bristles? It appears to be a mammalian, yes. I too thought it was some sort of larva. God damn. With one shot, huh? I mean, I never really found myself too fond of zoos. Might have to take a closer look. As I go ahead and take the butt of the shotgun and start smearing it away, some of the, uh, is it like jelly or is it more like, is it more like flesh? It's like flesh. Okay. Um, it's just I'll, a lot of it. Be careful with that shotgun, Rook. I'm just kind of confused as to, yeah, yeah, I just want to, I would like to approach the thing to try to find any sort of identifier as I see the hair. You walk up to the hair and a little bit of the light that's being cast goes into this hole and you can see the blood is pumping very slowly like a dying pulse and it's matting the hair to the flesh in this hole and if curiosity gets the best of you you can push some of this fat away and get a better look of what's inside you know i i think i think this would be very useful. If, if Casta hasn't met one of these, it'd be good for, for Casta to kind of have this in the data bank. You know what I mean? And I'm going to go ahead and turn around. Hey, Casta! Come check this out! And, yeah. and bring, bring, bring Melanie, too! Bring Melanie, too! Uh, I, I make don't sure. know that Melanie would want to see it. I think she'll take nope. her description. 
But if you think Caster should see, then that's fine. I think that makes sense since he's been our only memory bank since we woke up. Um, I, otherwise, I'm headed back and I do start walking back towards the wall. W- would Melanie be able to get up on her own? You turn to Melanie and she is giving you the finger. <laughs> well, I'll see you in just a moment then, Melanie. Uh, and I will head down to join Rook. All right. And as Caster A is walking up, um, I'm assuming it's going to take like maybe like a minute to like walk over to yeah to me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just start a small little glimmer of like what's this hair business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and start scraping yeah. away, going in there to see what's in this thing. I don't know yeah what I've never seen something like this, and I have my vac I have my um, broken vac suit on, so I'm up getting it directly onto the hands, so I'm free to kind of like you know smear it around. Yeah. You have George Asper's suit on. Right. Yeah, second hand. Yeah. You start to push this away. Dr. Freylock, you're walking away. You see George Asper hanging his head, knowing that what he had wanted is not going to happen. And when you're about 10 feet away from George Asper, Rook finally sees that inside of this hole, this indention of flesh, is the face of the now dead Cassidy Garland. Rook. Unfortunately, Raiden, yeah. because this is the character that you invented for our game, you're going to need to make a panic roll. Okay. Just something that we all know. Rook's stress right now is at a 10. Yes. So, here we go. That's going to be a failure with a 7. All right. A failure with a 7. Oh, man. Yes. Give me the panic. Yeah. Read on. <laughs> Yes. Caster, where are you at this point? Uh, I think I've made it up to where the two of you are by now, yeah. Okay. I think, like, with him walking up and me starting to walk away, I kind of actually catch Caster and, like, give him a meaningful look. Okay. And, like, knowing that this is about to happen. <laughs> like, give him his space for a second. Rook, this image sears itself onto your brain. Mm-hmm in a intensity that will never ever leave you you now have a new condition called nightmares which means that sleep has become difficult for rook and you will now be at disadvantage on all of your future comfort saves what the fuck cash Cash, as I'm trying to like scoop up around the neck uh, yeah. in this flesh to try to like bring it, bring Cass uh, closer to to my face. Cash, as I'm trying to uh, take my hand and kind of like put pressure onto the wound, even though I know it's you yeah. know adrenaline's coming in right now, so I'm just trying to do anything. The gloves of your vac suit are now slick with blood and. Almost trying to like pull her out of this hole. As you do, her mouth drops open and you start to see tendrils emerging from her throat, wrapping around her cheeks and ears as something else is starting to pull its way out of her face. Fuck me. <laughs> Gail needs um, to make a fear save. That's freaky. 
Gosh. Just Gale the player. Just Gale the player. <laughs> How far away is 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 uh, Caster from me? He has just gotten to the rest of the group or the George I, I Asper like and Freylock. 25, 30 feet away? So that's about 25 feet away from you right now. Okay. Just because I imagined it this way. As I am, as Rook is having this distressful moment, I'm bringing Cass's forehead to my forehead as the jaw drops and as the tendrils begin to come out of her mouth, my eyes are closed and uh, he is weeping like a little boy. And Rook does not clock the tendrils coming out of the mouth when this happens. Cass, Rook, I'm sorry, I should have, I should have, we should have came here as soon as possible. Maybe just ahead of one more day. And before you can finish that thought, these tendrils wrap around your head and pull you tight in some type of horrific kiss. And you still got your vac suit on, so your helmet's still there. And you see this massive parasitic structure, this mouth sucking on the front of your glass of your helmet and these tendrils tighten and you are going to take 13 damage three of which is eaten by your suit which so the glass of this helmet shatters and those glass shards from your helmet cut at your face so just to be clear, it's it's 13 minus 3 for a for total of 10. So for a total of 10 will come off okay. of you, yeah. So this happens. You all see this thing coming out as Rook pulls back this long, almost like a centipede or a tapeworm, some kind of combination of the two. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, is now attached to his face and it is it hasn't all come out yet like it's still like he's pulled back like five feet and it is still coming out of her body uh, it's still attached Caster's gonna start running towards Rook. yeah yeah same I would like to also imagine that I don't have the shotgun in my hand I I, I draw I put it off to the side it's probably five feet away from the revolver okay I was about to say and you didn't pick up the revolver either okay. no it's on the ground as well still okay. so both right. are on the ground so caster is running 25 feet I think you can get that and do something else if you'd like to David what would caster want to do when he gets close caster is going to try and forcibly you know pull this thing away from Rook's face so you wrap your hands around this tapeworm for lack of a better a better term you see that it has almost like a millipede these little legs yeah. these little tendrils all up and down its body and so they kind of curl around your robotic hands as you grip it quite easily and yank so go ahead and make a strength check is there any way that I can assist with that to help yank it with me if you do that's your turn that's what you're spending this round doing is you're pulling and he's he's going. So it's up to you. This is a strength save or a strength check. You'd be able to use athletics. Anything applicable. Whatever whatever so you feel it, is is good. Would it be two separate rolls for each of us, or would it be just David rolling at advantage here, essentially? I was gonna do David at advantage. 
And he's got pretty good strength. Is that right, Caster, or no? 34. Because Rook has, like, hand-to-hand combat for, mm. like, plus 15. I don't know. Yeah. But I would like to think that Caster is doing most of the work here because Rook doesn't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and he just, he's just kind of, like, assisting because he is working out of fight or flight, and right now it's mm-hmm. flight. So... For story purposes, David, if you would like, I would like to have you roll it at advantage here because. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, first roll is a seven. Hey! Yeah. There you go. You want to roll a second time? Do a second roll. It might be a crit success. Yeah. Second roll is a ninety-three. So, okay. So, seven plus ninety-three. Yeah. Do you want to take the seven or the ninety-three? Are we also doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Put the ninety-three on it. Uh, yeah. All right. So, Caster, you grab a hold of this thing and yank Rook. You are trying to wedge your hands in between these tendrils in your head as it's collapsing around your head. Now, all these shards. You're you're cutting your hands on the shards of your helmet that have been broken. That's all being uh, written off as the. Uh, the damage that you've just taken, and uh, Caster with a furious pull yanks the whole thing off of your head to the ground. And when he does, it like a cobra curls up to about six feet oh. standing. Uh, it's and it's growing as oh. more of it is piling out of Cassidy Garland. How wide is it? It is uh, about 18 inches wide. Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, it has a fit in here, so it's like... Yeah, <laughs> and, well, I mean, if it, as a tapeworm, it could be like a flat worm. It was like yeah. folded inside yeah. of her, and it is okay. unfurling. Okay. So Freya was facing the other way, trying to give Rook his time, but when she sees Caster take off, she's like, huh, and turns around and sees this thing on him, and is just a second later also running towards Rook, and she is going to pick up the pistol... And now that this thing is unfurling, uh, would I know where to shoot? It all looks bad to you. Parasite of the <laughs> It all it looks all bad looks to bad. you. Yeah, I mean, again, no, being being an exobiologist, being a biologist, would I... And, and I started with zoology. Would I know where... Well, I... Would I be able to figure out where its brain might be? <laughs> or something... Something vital might be. I'll let you do the xenobiology thing again that we did the roll from last time. So if I if I can make a roll, I can get advantage on a shot. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Does does Rook clock the drawing of the pistol by Doctor Locke? So what has happened is that this thing has been pulled off your head. You are looking at it, and you can there. It's the chaos of the moment is happening, and around the time that this is coming off your face at the same time dr freylock is sliding next to you grabbing the pistol and about to to fire can i give any dialogue here sure as i see dr lock pick up the pistol it's coming out in garbles through the glass shards but rook just says don't (laughs) don't got it okay you might be talking to the to the creature (laughs) don't worry about him dr freylock Okay. Okay. He says don't. All right. I'm gonna roll xenobiology. Uh, not xeno. Exobiology. Sure. I fail completely. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. Um. 
you get there you get there just in time you pull up the gun and your brain is thinking where do i shoot and when you finally get a good look at it you go i don't know what the fuck this is yeah and knowing that i he just said don't we just talked about how we don't have enough ammo and i don't know what i'm shooting like if i felt like i knew exactly where to go i'd shoot but instead i scream at it it's one of those um one of those instincts i know like you can scare off a wild animal and not that i think this applies to parasites but you can scare off a wild animal if you just show how crazy you are sure like that mom that like played metallica in a forest and scared off the cougar that was tracking her and her kids um (laughs) so so. you scream (laughs) you scream you scream the lyrics of inner sandman yes and uh and just make this thing think again all right that's i guess sure (laughs) <laughs> make sure you take a stress for failing that that roll. <laughs> yep, 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 I will. Just want to make sure that you happened. Sure? Yeah, I'm no, sure. I'm positive. You take the stress. It's in the book. All right. You guys hear Melia Devantes screaming for Caster on the other side of the wall. <gasps> She's so afraid for you. <laughs> You're yeah. her way off this rock. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a string of expletives. <laughs> Don't fucking die with those assholes. She's screaming. (laughs) May I suggest that we run? (laughs) I'm right there behind you, buddy boy. Yep. Are you guys going to take off? I think so. All right. Not before it tries to grab you again. Okay. Who? What'd you think this was? In an outburger, you're just going to (laughs) go? Yes. Oh, my God. Throw it rocks. Daddy rolled a 12. (laughs) <laughs> no, Daddy, no. Yes. Yeah. So, 50-50. Is it Rook or is it Dr. Freya Locke? We're going to roll a six-sided die. Odds are oddball Dr. Freya Locke, evens Mr. Rook. Okay. I'm going to roll a four. Rook, this thing's not done with you yet. Mm-mm. 12 more points of damage. Oh, no. man. As this thing comes down on top of you. Jeez. That's a wound for sure. That, yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It is. Guys. Bring me down to eight out of my last wound. He's only got eight hit points left. And he is going to take his second wound. Fudge. If it. Not this way, Rook. Not this way. Not like this. Not, not, not like, like this. this. <laughs> my favorite my favorite line from The Matrix. I know. I not quote like that this. all the time, too. Not like this. Can I argue for blunt force? Yes, you can. Yes, you may argue for blunt force. Okay. Why are you arguing for it? Because that, that seems like the most uh, tame one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's look at blunt force. It's squeezing him. So, for those of you listening, to the, for those of you who are learning how to play this game with us, Reedon's character Rook has three wounds. He's already lost one in a, in a fight that was in episode three. Go listen to that if you haven't already. Why are you skipping ahead to five? He's about to lose his second wound. After this, he's dead. And he might die right now because he is about to roll on a wound chart. And the wounds in severity go from just getting knocked down to uh well let's find out what he rolls you're looking for you're looking for a zero on your d10 sir 
Honestly, I'm fine with a zero through six. S seven and eight seem kind of bad. And nine is just, you know, that's just seven, sweet release. Seven and eight look kind of bad. Nine is the worst. Yeah. And we're, if it is a nine, well, there's still more story to be told. Guys, four-page <laughs> four backstory, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Available for patrons on right. our Patreon. Melanie. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's uh, go. Is it the D10? It is. Okay. Oh, hold on. It dropped on the ground. <laughs> oh, oh no, floor die. We can't. We don't accept floor dies here. Floor dies are invalid. Second oh. floor die. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm like, I'm nervous. I don't know. I wasn't so nervous. nervous. For, this is. Just... I wasn't nervous for the first one. I'm nervous for this one for whatever reason. I'm like, I'm yeah. shaking. Well, I mean, I would be nervous too because this is pretty much either like you're you're close to death either way. This is gonna keep going. Oh yeah. What's your roll? That's a one, baby. That's a one. Woo! Okay. All right. So pretty nice. Wounded. Uh, a one means that he is winded. This comes down on you and hits you so hard that it knocks the air out of your lungs and until you get a second to catch your breath you're a disadvantage on all your rolls oh gosh so not great got so it so that is what just happened to rook what do you guys want to do right now run run <laughs> run of course leave run him. leave him <laughs> dr Locke has the revolver the shotgun is on the ground correct yes is the shotgun i'm assuming it's like closer farther away than it is running than it is running back to the to the spine yes so i'd have to like run for it yeah and then go go deeper into the into the void and then come come back out of it yes sir yeah it's it's not worth the one shot left in that so i'm going to just take off I can't go for it, unfortunately, right. if I want to live. So, is everybody taking off? Yes. Yes. All right. You you all, yeah, I'm going to let you guys run. It's still attached to uh, Cassidy Garland right now. Like, it's got a long ways to go before it's free. But uh, you all run, and in this scramble, how are you guys going to get, are you guys going back over the wall? Yeah. How do you want to do that? I'm going to help them down, and so I'll stay at the top and make sure both, well, all Dr. Locke, George, and Rook get down before I descend. So, so okay. are you, you're boosting them up first, and then following them up, and then lowering them down? Yes, I guess I'm, I'm boosting up. I'll be okay. the last one up. Send Rook up first. Yeah. And I, I go last. I'm going to aim the revolver at this thing and let George go, and then go up and help cast her. Up. Rook, make an athletics check to get up <laughs> over this wall, seeing as how you're winded and everything. Would be a strength check? Yeah. That disadvantage. Do you have athletics? Am I making I that up? I do. You can add that is what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's going to be a 41 and disadvantage. Failure. So let me just roll again to see if I get a critical failure. The 72. 82. So okay. failure either way. You go to scramble up the side of this wall and... You slip and fall on top of Dr. Freya Locke. <laughs> Dr. Freya Locke, this whole vac suit comes down on top of you. Mm -hmm. And as you are coming untangled, you see this creature is slithering along the ground, 
on its way over to you. You guys need to, you guys have maybe another round to get up this wall. As I fall on top of her, I would like to wrestle the pistol, the revolver out of her hand. Okay. Ooh, I've let him. Yeah. I'm not a revolver gal. Let's say on the fall, it falls out of her hand. <laughs> she wasn't expecting it. It's on the dirt. You pick it up. It's on its way. You guys have one round or it is upon you. I want to help George up. He doesn't have any anything on to protect him. Okay. George Asper, with the help of Dr. Freya Locke and Caster, gets up on top of the wall. He's holding out his hand to assist whoever is next. Which one's next? Doc, go. I climb up because he has the gun now. Yeah. Between the two of them, with somebody at the top and somebody at the bottom, it's very easy for you to get up. George grabs a hold of you, and you can feel the strength in his arms, just like yesterday when he grabbed you and nearly broke your wrist. Does he still seem stronger than what he should be? Quite. When he pulls you up, you see a look of determination on his face as he's looking past you towards Rook. Rook. It's just you and Caster now. Rook, let me help you up. Come on, come on up. Caster, you gotta go. I will go after you, Rook. As I'm getting the shards of glass out of my face and I notice like there's like a deep one like, in my cheek as I just just slide it out. <laughs> Caster, you wanna help people, right? That's your prerogative. I want to help you. You know how you can help me, Caster? By making sure these other fucks get off this fucking planet. Don't you worry about me. Rook, he's programmed not to let leave you behind. Just come on. There's no more time for debate. We have to make a decision. My protocols through inaction do not allow me to let you die. And I mutter underneath my breath, I'm the last one left. And there's a moment where Rook puts the gun to his head, shivers, puts the gun away, and then takes Caster's assistance to go up the wall. All right. In between Dr. Freya Locke, between George Asper, you're lifted up. Rook, uh, Caster, it's just you. Uh, I'm going to start climbing. You start climbing. Because he's quite heavy, I'm going to let you roll strength check at advantage. <sighs> I'm rolling the yes. check? Okay. David is. Caster is. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> 47, which is a failure. Okay. Oh, no! <laughs> Get another one. And a 49, also <gasps> oh. failure. You all try to pull Caster as he's gripping into this porous rock, and when he reaches up, you all hear the rocks give way under his feet from the weight of him, the footholds that he's found. And he slips. You go to grab him. He's just too heavy for the both of you. He falls to the ground, and the creature slithers over him and starts to climb up the wall to the fresh meat. Can I grab its tail as it slithers by? Yeah. I'm doing that. Yes. I'm going to grab its tail and pull it down. Yeah. I'll do strength and you do strength. Okay. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter. Uh, 66. I rolled double zeros. No. Oh. Wow. Wow. (laughs) It pulls out of your hand, and because you rolled a 66, 
You're going to take that stress. And this thing is so strong. It pulls away from you. And it looks like you're about to fail your mission, which is protect these people. Caster, you're going to make a panic roll. I was supposed to take another stress for the failing the climb thing too, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Right. Why yes, would you sir. do that to yourself? <laughs> I'm playing by the rules. Tell me more. The game Tell isn't me bad more. if you don't play by the rules. Alrighty. Mm. No panic, no panic, no panic. Hiya. 19. That, I'm good. That's above. You, you save. You avoid panicking. This creature is curling up the wall. Dr. Freya, Locke, and Rook, what do you do? <laughs> Gail, you, you can go first. I'm trying to... <laughs> Um, Thank you. I I actually grab you and yell down to Melanie, catch. And I kind of slide you over the edge. Pushing Rook off the the wall. No, I'm still holding on to him, but it's one of those things like I have my hands under his armpits and like trying to like lower him as much as possible. So it's less of a 20 foot drop and more of like a 12 foot drop. Rook, are you fine with that? Is Melanie in a spot? to catch me or she's just twiddling her thumbs no melanie is furious and she's going where's caster but she's reaching out for you (laughs) will i take damage if i take this fall i think between freylock helping and and melanie helping you're not going to take damage yeah i want to live so i'm I'm gonna take it yeah i want to live (laughs) (sighs) that's growth you drop down dr freylock while you're doing this caster you're looking up and you see george asper while Dr. Freya Locke's back is turned, lowering Rook down, you're looking up at George Asper, who reaches out, puts his hand on this creature's body, and you see his eyes start to glow. And the space around you, you can feel the body of this massive tapeworm start to shake and vibrate at a high frequency and you hear as if a radio signal going off in your head the voice of George Asper say enough and a pop happens and the creature falls down on top of you dead dear listener i hope you're enjoying the show i just wanted to take this moment to tell you about how you can help out of depth produce even more cool stuff like the podcast you are listening to right now for one you can recommend our show to other folks looking for podcasts getting our show into the ears of more people is our number one goal right now so if you could just recommend it to friends and strangers leave reviews all of that would really help us out If you are in a position to do more than that, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash getoutofdepth. It's where you can subscribe at any tier you feel comfortable with for as long as you feel it's worth it. Those funds help us keep the show running, do even more cool projects, and allow us to afford more collaborators to work with. Their time and contributions to our shows are so valuable, and you can help support these efforts by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash get out of depth 
Patrons also have access to bonus material for the shows like character questionnaires, my game prep notes, and exclusive videos like a post-mortem Q&A with the Analysis Complete cast once this series finishes up. Gail and I have lots of fun plans for the future as we continue to grow our audience, and if you want to see them come to fruition, please head over to patreon.com slash getoutofdepth and become a patron today. Thank you so much for listening. Holy shit. I really appreciate it. Now with that out of the way, let's get back to the show and see what mysteries and terrors our players might uncover next. Caster, you look up this tapeworm creature slumps and coils over your fallen body and you can hear the voice of George Asper after he just said enough you hear him also say to you just our little secret in my head in your head yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I look up at him as befuddled as an android can look and give him a little nod of the head. I uh, I take a rock. If, if, there, if there's just a rock over, I'm just going to kind of like rest a, a rock on top of the the creature's head. Like you brained it. And then I'm going to climb the wall. Okay. Freylock, as you get up, as you finish dropping Rook and you gingerly see him go into Melanie's arms and hit the ground safely... Securely. I actually wince because I'm expecting to get struck and I, you know, like once I see him safe, I'm like preparing for an attack from behind me, <laughs> wincing. Yeah. You turn around just in time to hear George Asper say, incredible shot, Caster, hurry. And you look down and you see that the creature is like on the ground. Part of it is under a sizable rock. And Caster is scurrying up the wall. Oh, I lean down and help? Yeah, you're able to make it up the wall. The three of you are standing at the top of this wall looking down at this creature that's no longer moving. It's trail leading all the way back to the massive fleshy body of Cassidy Garland, which looks a little deflated. How did you do that, Caster? George Asper says it was quite incredible. He, he yanked it down hard, and it seemed to stun it, and just enough time for him to brain it with that rock. Okay, okay, let's let's get down. Let's go. Let's, um, let's go. Let's just go. And actually, I go to, like, tell George to go first, because, again, he doesn't have a back suit on and isn't very protected. Yeah, he lowers himself down to Melanie Devantes. He says, thank you so much. I'm starting to feel a little lightheaded. I think all of this... Excitement uh, has been a lot for me to take in. And Melanie Devantes props him up for a moment. Caster, you're able to lower yourself down, and Melanie Devantes is staring bullets through you. Through me? Yeah. She wants you, man. You're her ticket out of here. Have I upset you, Melanie? No, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Are we still going to this place that you all want to go to, or yes. are you... Yeah? Yes. We're going to find our compatriots, and we're going to get some answers. What was that on the other side of the wall? It was Cass. What do you mean it was Cass? 
It was Cass. Yeah, it was Cass. Before you fucking blew her brains out. What exactly happened to Cass? That's remarkable. It looks like she had a... I don't know. How long was that thing? 60 foot long parasite inside of her that was causing some sort of symbiotic relationship that caused accelerated cell regeneration and she was miserable. Did she say anything? Help. Melia Devantes lets George Asper walk on his own. She looks at Rook whose suit is a mess. Second one in two days. You really want to keep doing this? You might have a point, Melanie. We don't even know where we're going. Like, we know where we're going, but we don't know what we're going to. And it's going to be night soon. And he said there's a storm coming, and we don't even know if we're going to be able to be in any type of shelter. We don't know what it's like out here, in the dark. Everything we've seen has been during the day. I just feel like we're so close. You know, like we're on the brink of just hitting gold here, Melanie. Look at my fucking face! Yeah. Yeah, look at your face. Yeah, and you're over here on the other side of the wall, just fucking... You know... It's just being a little pretty princess on the other side of the wall, not doing shit to help us out here. Hey, fuck you, man. Hey, fuck you! Hey, you know what, Dr. Locke? Fuck you! Okay? I didn't ask you to come in. Who me. gave you permission I to even fucking use the... Who gave me permission? The person you handed it to. Why did you give him permission? He said he doesn't know how to use it either. You killing that thing almost, maybe, whatever the fuck you did. You probably awoken it or something, and then an intern... Of course it, it did. It came out to kill me. Of course it did. Its host was dead. It needed another. I didn't know there was one. That's not what the med scanner picked well, up. Well, I hope I hope your Petri the Shample, you know, has that in its records... That whatever you took off says, oh yeah, there's going to be a fucking centipede in the middle of it. I do too. But I guess we'll have to hope that between you, me, Melanie, George, and Castor, that one of us will hopefully remember that and be able to share that information. Because it's kind of vitally important. Because somebody is going to come here after us, regardless of whether or not we make it back. And it's important that they know what they're walking into, isn't it? We are going to make it back, Duck. Good. Okay. It doesn't, it's, but it's what not, I'm it's saying... It's not an if. It's not an if we make it back. We are going to make it back. I need you to understand that right now, okay? Are we going to make it back with memories? We need to make sure that Castor has all of this information. I don't trust that fucking milk. And I storm off. I'll take care of your fucking face once we get far enough away. Castor, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that... I'm still processing what happened with George. And I'm thinking about how I want to try and have a private conversation with him as we walk the rest of the way. You all are walking. It's tense. Melanie is resigned to continuing to follow as you drag this woman from safety. Like the <laughs> monsters you are. Wait, aren't we? Well... We're the good How, guys. Are we halfway <laughs> through the day? No, I was about to say, sorry. Where are we in the day? Is it like halfway along our trip? Late afternoon. Late afternoon. It's late afternoon. Okay, so we're technically closer to our destination. I don't know why we turned back down because it's going to be yeah, night by the time yeah, we get there. Anyway. Whatever your destination is. Uh-huh. As I was saying, you're all walking. 
bunch of fucking monsters. And <laughs> you're all walking. We've already made the stress rolls for this leg of the trip. You've already taken whatever stress you're going to get from that. And then some for this encounter that you happened upon. Caster, you are kind of trying to catch George Asper's attention. Yes, yes. I'm trying to... I'm kind of kind of towards the back of the pack now and just whenever I can catch his eye I'm trying to like signal to him of like drift behind with me he does slowly do you need something well George I was hoping to get an answer or two about what exactly about what exactly are you I don't understand your meaning well I've met quite a few humans in my lifetime and they don't possess the abilities that you have. And he pulls out his hand and he grabs a hold of your forearm. We'll have to talk about this another time. You asked me to keep a secret for you. I Can would prefer you do that? to talk. I would prefer to talk about it now. Caster, I'm not really sure myself. It's all starting to come to me in waves. I'm learning about it the same way you are. I apologize, but I don't have much answers, but I feel like. I feel like I'm getting closer to understanding. And when I know, I'll make sure that you know. Does the name Nigel mean anything to you? Are you referring to the android? Well, I am questioning your humanity. And it's an idea that I've thought of that potentially you could be him. And he pauses and laughs. No, I think I'm still blood and bone. Do you think something on this planet has changed you? Or do you think this is what you've always been. I think those are the answers that we're looking for, isn't it? Why are you afraid for everyone else to find out? You've seen how stressed they are. Why add to that? At least not until I know for sure. Well... We need Rook. And he seems to be in the worst state of all of us. And he sacrificed so much. And we need you. If we're ever going to get out of this, I have no doubt that we're going to need you. So whatever has happened to you, I... I hope you come to terms with what it was. If you ever need to talk, I'm here. And he pauses as the sun is setting that red light spreading out across the rocky terrain. Do you feel that? He looks at the hairs on his arms. They're standing up. I wish I could. Focus. We're close. And Caster, you realize he's talking about the frequency. Mmm. The one that you had to adjust your settings to avoid disrupting your processes. I'm scared for us. What scares you about it? The unknown. Rook, you've taken on a leadership role of this march. You can see up ahead dark, dark navy blue clouds. Midnight blue clouds are collecting, and you can see the flashes of light and electricity inside of those clouds. A storm's coming. You watch those clouds gather, and then in the distance, you can see as the ground slopes what appears to be a lip of a massive indention in the earth. From your vantage point, it looks like there is a bowl-shaped indention the size 
of a football stadium. Like a crater. Like a crater. I'm going to give a signal to, to hold, to pause. About how far, how far ahead is this? A few hundred yards. You've got a lot of space between you and it. Um, as we were walking towards the, the interference, I would like to think that Rook was also checking his uh, uh, Geiger counter. Mm-hmm. Any shifts there as they were making this this small little journey? No, no. sir. We got a we got a situation up ahead. Who's filling up to it to scout it out? Either Caster or Melanie. Which one to use? I'll come with you. Rook, are you asking for somebody else to go do it, or are you asking for somebody no, I, to come I with wanna you? No, stay, I want to stay behind if something oh. else is happening. I'm always happy to investigate if if that's what you would like me to do. I'm just a little fucking paranoid right now. Kester, you mind just... We're going to get a little bit closer. We're going to find some cover. Kester, I want you to go ahead and look down there in the crater. See what's going on. I'm not... I need you to see. Give us more information here. Of course. Do you need anything? Any equipment? I'm sure the binoculars would help. Sure. Also, uh, here, take this paracord and take one of these chem lights here to light up the way. I, I don't know if you need to see, if you need light to see in the darkness, or I don't know if you, you work like that, but just in case, I don't know. Here. Thank you, Rook. Rook, why don't we settle down for a second and I'll give you a stem pack and get the glass out of your hands and face. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, it's fine. Cast the... Let's find a spot here. Let's keep walking, and we're going to try to find some sort of outcrop to kind of rest for a bit before we take on whatever this is, yeah? Of course. Yeah, and I think we're going to go ahead and just try to find some sort of, like, some sort of collection of Somewhere to boulders hide. and rocks to kind of, like, lay low. I don't want to be out there in the wide open. Yeah. Um, and also just preferably something that has a an overhang due to the rain that might be coming in. Yeah, you find a rock that... Uh... It looks like a massive pillar of stone has collapsed and is now leaning on a cliffside. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. You can get under that. Dr. Freylock, you start administering some first aid to Rook. Rook, you get a stem pack. Gail, how many hit points does he receive for the stem pack? I believe it's 10. Just a flat 10 or a D10? Yeah, it's 1D10. Yeah, it's 1D10. I rolled a nine. Okay. And he needs to make a body save? Body save. Okay. And if he fails that, then it's going to be less impactful in the future. Yeah, 71. So it's going to fail. So from here on out, it's going to take two stem packs to get the same effect on Rook. Uh, But Rook only has one wound of hit points left. So you guys (laughs) might not ever have to worry about that. So if you just lose one stem pack, would it be 1d5? No, it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work at all. Yeah. Okay. Though that is a good point. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. However you want to play it at your table, ladies and gentlemen. While he is getting touched up, Caster, you are marching towards this indention, this crater. Yeah. And you can feel the hum of energy. It's a low frequency that is getting very strong. And even even though you've changed some of your process frequencies, it's it's still affecting you a little bit. Nothing yeah. big. But I, I can see this whole crater from here. It like Yeah. Okay. It looks like a pit the size yeah. of a football stadium. Yeah. Uh, and nothing showing up on my bioscan outside of... Uh... So it is rather large. Yeah. You start to approach the lip, 
nothing's happening on your bioscanner yet. Yeah. And you can tell that where that rocky terrain is, as it gets to the edge of this indention, this crater, it is clearly shaped to be this way. And when you look, you can see that this crater is ridged perfectly ah. all the way down. So this, this is, is not man-made. This is man-made. Or intelligent life-made. Yeah. Looking further down, at the very center of this is a tower. It's about 30 feet tall. It is open on all sides so that you can see through it, almost like a gazebo. Okay. Right? Yeah. In the center of this pretty large structure is a fire burning. Like a controlled fire or a... Yeah. Okay. In a pit. But it looks like a campsite, essentially. Maybe. A campfire? You put your... You don't really need yeah. binoculars, I don't think, but yeah. yeah. You can, Do we want to... You tell me. Do we want to say that you need binoculars, or can you, like, zoom and enhance? I don't know! I, 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 I'm not sure the rule of mason droids on this... Let's find out. Yeah. Yeah, man. You can just do it on your own. You oh, need cool. Binoculars. Great. Great. Weird group. Yeah. All right, great. <laughs> just like... <laughs> your eyes pop out. Of <laughs> they just uh, traveled like a yeah. mile out. <laughs> you zoom in and you can see bedroll. You can see this fire. You see a chest that looks like it's property of the Belissa. Oh. <laughs> and more importantly, you see a figure, tattered clothes, kneeling by the fire. In prayer. Do I recognize the person? When they turn around, they get up, you see Martin Sapp. He stands up and he has these like tattered clothes, looks like a poncho, like a piece of tarp that he's had over them. And it has a little split down the middle and it's tied around his neck, kind of like a cape. And you can see he has a combat vest on, attached to the vest just above his chest on either side are two grenades. His face is red and puffy, as though he looks severely sunburnt. He looks like he's talking, but you don't see anybody else there. Can he clearly see me, or is he just not looking in this direction? How how hidden would I be here? How hidden are you trying to be? I think I'm kind of neutral. I'm not, like, actively hiding, but I'm also not like, Hello! <laughs> he doesn't see you right now. Yeah. But he could if he wanted to. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm going to uh, head back to my crew. You start heading back, and you see Melanie Devantes. It was nothing, right? We can go? I'm afraid there was a whole lot of something. Martin Sapp is down there. What? Martin Sapp is down there. He's next to a, a tower of some kind. I, I believe at the center of this crater, there is most likely the, the cause of whatever this signal is, and... Martin is camped out right next to it. Did he look okay? A little sunburned, but he looked a bit on edge, and he was talking to himself, although I don't judge. <laughs> I talked to myself quite a lot when I was on the ship by my lonesome, but he had some grenades on him, and at some point I, I almost wanted to come, almost run to him, but on the other hand, I... I do remember that when he came back from this place, there was something different about him. I do think we should approach carefully. Thank you, Kester. This is all very useful. Anyone have any ideas? I personally think he's going mad. Uh, we could wait till light. 
where he could see us and know it's us and not some sort of danger. If he survived for 200 plus days by his lonesome, I... You don't think he did it by shooting first and asking questions later? I just think he'd be a lot smarter not to, you know, run up to us. Grenades pulled. I don't think it's going to be like that. But okay. regardless, Caster brought up, he does have explosives. What else did you f- see on him, Caster? You saw... Oh, uh, he was wearing some tact- tactical armor and... Uh... Not we have else. to talk at a distance. He's one of our crew, but he may be compromised in a mental way. You understand? He may also remember and know things that we do not. He could exactly. be a valuable resource. Yes. Either way, we have to make sure that we get those grenades off of him and into capable hands just because we're not too sure how he is. But our number one priority right now is making sure... That he's back on our side? He's not, I don't know, fucking crazy. Okay. Well, and he might be crazy, but let's make sure he is safe for us. Right. It's okay to be, da- it's okay to be crazy, but you can't be crazy and yes. dangerous. Yes. So okay. we gotta get those fucking grenades off of him. And who knows what else he might have in there, you know? Normani mm-hmm. probably has a fucking knife in his undies, you know? So, Rook, do you think that you can talk to him? Were you close? Was anyone here close with Marmon? I mean, he was part of my squadron, but we should all just talk to him. Maybe not in a group. Maybe like in a pentagon formation, you know what I mean? (laughs) So that way, you know. He seems very angry at at me before uh, before we landed. Not the luck. That was so long ago it's only been like an hour and I'm already I've already forgiven you for what you did with whatever that is so okay. or have I nah I'm just kidding <laughs> if his if his memory is affected in the same way ours was it could feel like yesterday to him but I guess what I was gonna say is how about I be in the back maybe with Caster I know people can sometimes feel unsafe when they're in a stress environment with androids so maybe I'm not the first face he sees, I guess is all I'm saying. But I, I mean, I, I do know some some ways to talk to people. I mean, really just reminding him of who he is, talking about what we have been doing, what's been going on, very talking very calmly, everyone, uh, reminding him of things that we've done together, that you've done together, training together. Dr. Luck. What the hell do you even know about Martin Sapp? Exactly. I know. First his off, hold on. History. Your book. You, you got. Didn't. When we first woke up. Don't you have his book? Yes. You might want to dig that out. It might have something useful for us there. Well, it's more about mass hysteria, but okay. Um, anything in my book, Jay? So, yeah. Panic? He might be hysterical. <laughs> Is there anything in your book? What was the name of your book that you got from the character creation? Uh, Doing character uh, creation. Gail got a lot of weird stuff. I got a lot of weird stuff. Say it again. Panic Harbinger of Catastrophe. What is it you're looking for exactly? How to talk somebody down from panic. There is a chapter in there about that. Oh, good. I read it aloud to the group. (laughs) (laughs) The whole chapter. 
Not the whole chapter, like, kind of going for the... As you're flipping through the book, you hear a crack of thunder <laughs> and a lightning strike in the distance. Is the wind picking up? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. It's getting dark. Guys, we need to make some sort of shelter. Get some sort of shelter. Hold I... on. Another idea. Knock the lock. Casta. Asper. Melanie. It might be raining soon, but, uh... That thunder is going to really conceal your footsteps there, Caster. Why and, uh, maybe while we should be sleeping, we might be able to go ahead and have a talk with Ma and Sap on our terms. What do you mean? Wait for him to sleep. He's not going to hear us coming. Even right, right, right next to him. From behind Caster, you see a lightning strike in the distance, off in the horizon. A few moments later, the rolling of thunder shakes everybody to the bone. And when it settles, you can hear a voice singing in the distance. They're singing about the power, the wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb. Magnified by this pit that they're standing in, you can hear the voice of Martin Sapp singing a hymn. It's a... it's a parabola. Well, it's now... Like a, it's like a satellite dish that doesn't... any point of sound goes to the same point. Dr. George Asper concurs. If he is at the center of that, then yes, we may have stumbled onto a giant satellite. Look, we either go in there and just make ourselves known, or we shelter now. We don't have time. I really don't think that this storm is going to be easy on our skin and clothes and items. And I don't know if I want to talk to a uh, well-rested coherent Martin Sapp that has two grenades on him. Okay, then why don't we just take shelter here, now, under this rock. Caster's watching and can wait, wake us. For, like, 1am, 2am, and then we strike? At least past the storm? I don't think you've been understanding what I'm saying. If we approach during the storm, he, they're not, he's not gonna hear us coming. I'm saying, I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. I don't think we can move during the storm. It's just rain. What's, I don't get it. Did you see that dog? Did you see its skin? It is hardened. It was completely hardened to survive extreme elements. It could have been for predators, but listening to the storm... I don't know. I say give it a minute is all I'm asking. I mean, sure, yeah, it's going to be our first rain, so we'll see if it's... You think it's like corrosive acid rain? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Maybe. Or maybe it's just 100-mile-per-hour winds that could actually, like whip rocks and pebbles in our faces like i know i know we have two back suits left and i don't know that they're gonna hold up to it and i don't in you and george don't have anything and melanie says these suits don't seem to be doing us any good anyways we've already run out of air guys that you said you saw a tower there was a tower yes and it had a roof and walls and all that did it? I, I know it was like kind of transparent. It was like it was open, uh, like open archways. It did have a ceiling. 
Didn't like now really... that we're talking about the satellite, did it look? It didn't look like it was like just like the tip of a satellite needle, was it? It was. It was actually like a structure. It was like a structure. Okay. But now that you're you're thinking about it, the structure looks like something that would be at the center of a satellite. There you go. <laughs> so it it's like a building with like a satellite like on top type of thing. It's so big I... that it is being used as a. It's like the needle as a building. Of a the building is the satellite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to see a picture for later. So, well, I'm, try- I'm just trying to see if, if we go to the satellite, is there better cover than this big ass rock that's up, that's on top of us? I mean, you guys have tents and stuff. I mean, I, I don't think it would be better. Which then makes you wonder how how well Martin Sapp's been living out here. Did Martin have shelter? It looks like he's been staying under that, as far as you know. Okay. It looks like he stays there. Okay. okay. You know what? Fine. For maybe once in. The time that I've known you, you, you might be actually making a very solid hypothesis here, Doc. Let's rest for the night, get a couple hours, four hours of sleep, and then we strike at the witching hour. Okay. With all of this decided, you start setting up a small camp under this rock. You all retire to your own spaces, having had perhaps quite enough of one another for a day. Rook, you lay in your sleeping bag inside a tent. The nightmares of Cassidy Garland, perhaps waiting on the other side of sleep. You sit up, not wanting to rest much tonight. And you start to notice something strange about your hands. Hands that had been shredded by the glass of your helmet. Now that you look at them, they appear to be perfectly healed. <laughs>